all right guys i hope you enjoyed part one we are now here with part two um this was not pre-planned <laughs> but this has been so good that we just have to do a part two right now and uh, i hope y'all have enjoyed part one and we're about to do an, an, another amazing episode part two and uh yeah so let's get started uh like i said we have brother nathan french here with us uh an incredible man of god uh you heard part one the amazing uh, wisdom he had for us and um we're gonna now get uh excuse me we're now gonna dive into his music ministry and so uh my first question is how long have you been in music ministry yeah so um in music ministry i oh man that's a tough question because it's it's been most of my life i I got a guitar yeah. when I was nine, and I started learning to play guitar when I was nine years old, and um, I started singing in in church when I was just a little kid. I mean, seven, eight years old, and so I've been involved in music ministry really for my entire life, but one of the big moments that I always remember when it comes to accepting kind of that call of God on my life was when I was in my youth group at in Indianapolis at Calvary Tabernacle, um, one of our youth leaders, it wasn't the youth pastor at the time, they eventually became youth pastor at Calvary Tabernacle, but um, Brother Chris Barber and Sister Allison um, came up to me and said, Nathan, I want you to lead worship. And I said, no, absolutely not. There's no way I'm leading worship. No, that's ridiculous. And I had been playing guitar for youth uh, services but I had not been leading people in worship and uh, you know, from the front like that, I hadn't been up front leading people in worship. And um, I remember they came and they were relentless. They're like, you can do this. And I said, no. And they like cornered me. They're like, you can do this. You, you can do this. And so they basically would not take no for an answer. And so they were the first uh -huh. people that had ever asked me to lead worship. And it's a powerful moment for me because it shows the power of youth ministry that one of the reasons that I stepped into that was because of a youth leader, a youth worker, somebody who wasn't even the youth pastor. They were just somebody that served on the youth team and they believed in me enough to give me a chance. And so um, I've been leading worship since I was a teenager, probably, probably 15 15 years old, 14 years old is when I started leading worship. And um, I started leading worship a lot when I turned 20 years old. When I, when I moved to Georgia, I was 19 turning 20, and God just kind of broke open the door. There was this need in my church for a worship leader, and I just kind of got thrown into that and to, to the wind, you know, what if whether you're ready yeah. or not, here you go. <laughs> and um, I often say when 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 the king says go, you go. You know, when, when Saul called on David right. to play his harp, you know, whether he was ready or not, the king said go. So you just, you go when he says. And um, I've been doing it ever since, bro. I, I love music. It's a huge part of my life and excited yeah. about the things to come. Yeah, and you're incredible at it. Um, you do, you know, worship leading, obviously. Um, but you um, are also known for 
uh, all your songs that you've written. You are an incredible songwriter. You and uh, oh, Sister you. Rachel, y'all are absolutely uh, amazing. Um, so if you um, was wondering if you could go into uh, a dive into your writing process, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So songwriting is such a wonderful adventure and it can feel like the um, unattainable task for some people. And I have just found that that's not really true. If you have a song in your heart, something that you feel God's giving you to, to write it down. And so usually for me, my songwriting journey is, is probably quite humorous. If you were a fly on the wall, um, behind the ministry, um, you would, <laughs> you would see that. Uh, I'm going to okay. say that multiple let's, times throughout let's this. Calm down. <laughs> I don't, I'm not over here saying, Oh, that's noteworthy. Okay. Let's calm down. Okay. Hey, listen, this is just how it's going to be. bro. <laughs> this is how it's going to be. Um, it is what it is. So, um, I, uh, I usually will feel like a verse or a chorus. Sometimes it's a melody and sometimes it's a lyric. It can be either one. Um, right. And I will grab my phone and go to this amazing app called Voice Recorder. And I will just um, <laughs> literally just record it. And if I don't do that, I usually will lose it. I'll try to remember it later and it's just like a moment. It's it's gone. Um, and we could get spiritual with that. We could go deep into that. I won't do all that today, but <laughs> you can go listen to songwriting with Frankie Taylor and Devin Cunningham. Uh, and we talk about how songs are going to be written. Whether you write them or not, somebody's going to write right. it. And so if you don't, somebody else will. And uh, we could yeah. go into the theology of that uh, later, but I really do yeah. believe that. Um, and so, for example, like with a song like um, uh, our new song that's coming out, um, the chorus was first. It all it all started with the chorus. And so we had this, um, Rachel had this idea of a lyric that, that said, your losses are my losses and your wins are my wins. And it came out of a, a conversation we had about when you're looking for somebody who like really loves you and really cares about you, they're not just there for when you lose, but they can also rejoice for you in your victories. And that is the true mm. test of a true friend is that, you know, yeah. a lot of people are okay to be there with you when you're in the valley because it makes them feel better about themselves. But when you're on the mountaintop, yeah. are they still excited for you? And so that's kind of a true wow. test. And so when we were writing our newest song, we thought, how cool would it be to implement that lyric from from a real place, a real conversation we had? You know, your your losses are my losses and your wins are my wins. So I'm there for you when you're not okay. And when you're doing great, I'm rejoicing with you. And so usually for me, it'll start with a voice memo. And then we'll go over to the notes app, start typing down some lyrics that I feel. And for me, yeah. my comfort zone is an acoustic guitar. I love to write on an acoustic guitar. So I'll usually right. sit down and just start working through what I'm feeling. And um, mm. I don't like to jump around too much. If I'm working on a course, I want to finish that course. 
You know, if I'm working on a verse, mm-hmm. I want to finish that verse. Because if I get too right. scattered, I feel like the the listener will hear that. And so I kind of try to just stay locked in. And uh, so the the open canvas, when you're looking at the blank page, the open canvas, and you haven't written anything down, you want to think about what is the message of the song you're trying to write. Because if you don't know the message, you're going to have a hard time relaying it. You have a hard time writing it down. But if you know what you're trying to say, the heartbeat of the song, then lyrics will come to you more easily. Um, For a song like Great and Mighty, that started with, God, you are the God of everything that is and is to come. And that was where it started. It all started from the beginning of the song. And so I knew that I wanted to write a song that was just all about how great God is. And so Mm, to write it and go the route of great and mighty, it was like, man, that's just declaring how awesome God is. And if you go listen to the bridge, it's just this big list of how awesome God is. For there's none beside you. There's none before. Your word is everlasting. Your name is Holy Lord. It's just this big praise to the King of Kings. So um, if you know which route you're going, which hopefully is always praise, then you can start to work through the message. But then there's songs like, you know, You Will Take Care. That's more about the provision of God and trusting in God. And you're writing from more of a broken place, more of a vulnerable place. And so... Um, it's okay to write those things down, write down lyrics that you may not keep. And then once you've written down to the point where you think, okay, I have the heartbeat of the song, then it's time to involve other people. But don't go to other people if you don't know what you're trying to say. You know, don't go to a co-writer if you don't know the heartbeat of the song. You know, if they can hear the heartbeat, this thing can live, but they have to know what do you want? What are you trying to say? And if you know that, you can craft everything around it. I hope that helps. I know that that's a tough uh, question to answer, but that's kind of how the process looks like for me. Yeah, that's awesome. And by the time this uh, podcast episode is released, uh, the new song would I believe might be already released. It will be. It'll out. be the third. It will be out. So go listen to it. Um, the title you told me earlier, but I can't remember the title. Yes, the new song is called "Me, God, and You." Yeah. So definitely go take a listen. Um, obviously, I haven't heard it yet, but I'm sure it's absolutely amazing. Yes, that should and be out future, now. Future yes. me, yeah. Future me will be like, oh, this is awesome. But right now, <laughs> future yeah. me. No, I'm yes. kidding, <laughs> bro. That'd be a good podcast uh, uh, episode title. Future me. Oh Ooh. yeah, future me. Man, take that down. You're welcome. Come on, Make somebody, sure you write just that put down. Copyright, Where's my notes at? Copyright, Doan Robinson. That's noteworthy. Future me. Um, put it in my voice. Um, <laughs> Um, (laughs) so like you said, you've, you know, written a lot of songs, um, but you also have co-written a lot of songs. Mm -hmm. Um, do you mind listing a few that you've co-written? Yeah. So, um, it's not a huge list, but I co-wrote, um, more than amazing. 
uh, with Frankie Taylor. No I co-wrote um, God of the Empty Grave with Matthew Faircloth mm-hmm. and Sean Hill. Um, I co-wrote You Will Take Care with Rachel and Frankie. Um, yeah. Let me think here. <sighs> Rachel and I co-write a lot, so that would be that would be a lot of yeah. of, uh, of songs <laughs> to go songs. through. <laughs> but I've really I've only co-written with a few people. I've co-written with a guy named Kyle Gazande, who's very talented. Um, mm-hmm. He has some great music out there. Um, I've co-written yeah. with Matthew Faircloth, Frankie Taylor. And with Rachel and then Devin Cunningham uh, mm. and I have written a few songs together. And so maybe maybe five or six of the songs that I've co-written have been recorded. And then there's a few yeah. out there that they're still working on. Oh, um, that's uh, Worthy is the Lamb with El- Eleni Young. Um, yeah. We co-wrote that together. Eleni is a great oh, songwriter. Awesome. And uh, yeah. that song actually started with me, with the um, "Who is worthy to open up the scroll? Worthy is mm. the Lamb." That started with me, and then Eleni yeah. took it and made it way better. So she wrote the verses to it, <laughs> and I wrote the chorus and the bridge. So um, I yeah. love, 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 love co-writing. I feel like I'm probably forgetting somebody right now, and they'll be offended at me. But yeah. Just know that I love writing but, with all of you amazing people. <laughs> yeah, go take a listen to everyone that he just said, you know. Um, a lot of amazing artists that you yeah, know, but some, I believe, are underrated and definitely deserve a listen to. So definitely go take a listen to those artists. Um, For sure. So we talk about songwriting um, and, you know, co-writing, and uh, you've written songs, and obviously there's been successful songs that you've written great and mighty you will take care but which one is your favorite that you've written mm. man oh that's really that's really tough um yeah so my favorite song is great and mighty because of the story behind it but right um and just the testimonies bro i i do not understand how god <laughs> can take a song like that like and do what he has done. It has been. I mean, it became crazy. Huge. I mean, you sung it. You sung it at NYC nineteen, um, which was incredible. God moved that service. It was awesome. Praise God. And yeah. um, people, so many churches sung that song for a long time, and still sing it to this day. I mean, it's mm. just had such an impact on so many yeah. churches. So, I'm I'm so grateful for that. So that was my favorite song to sing live, but. Um, my favorite song that we've released production wise would probably be, uh, won't let me go. Um, just, mm. I just love the production on it and the, the bridge, um, man, the bridge gets me. So every time we sing it live, yeah. I'm usually just like kind of puddles <laughs> because I remember sitting down writing, you know, if he can see the sparrow fall, then he can hear me when I call. Mm, um, yeah. The time is here. The time is now. Funny story about that. Um, we get text messages all the time or messages on Instagram that say, 
hey, I love your song, Won't Let Me Go. Could you help me with something? I'm trying to figure something out. I'll say, yeah, what can I help you with? He'll say, when you say, the time is here, the time is now. What are you saying there? They can they can never understand the line of yeah. I'll free fall into love somehow. And so that happens a lot where people are wanting to do the song, but they can't understand the lyric there. So they'll wow. message us and be like, what was that one line? So I've gone back and listened <laughs> and I'm like, to me, it sounds like what it is, but that's because I'm singing it and it's my brain. So... <laughs> Right. <laughs> that that one line there for some reason throws people off a little bit, which makes it even cooler to me. So yeah. um, I love I love that song and the message of that song. I've had people text me and say, "Hey, I was I was about to end things. I was about to do something terrible. I was about to go through this, mm. and then that that song came on and it 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 saved me. It brought me back to where I needed to be and. And uh, wow. man, messages like that just they keep you going, man. They keep you writing because that's right. um that's the power of of songwriting. You get to tell a story, and I can't tell you how many times a song has ministered to me, and it was just like, wow, that's what I needed. So to get to be that for somebody else is truly a great privilege and and an honor, and and it's really cool. I'm thankful for that. That is awesome. That is amazing. And obviously you said that you get to sing some of these songs and um, that kind of gets us into your worship leading ability, which is also incredible. You get asked to worship lead basically everywhere. Um, you just went to SoCal, <laughs> which was incredible. I saw videos. How'd that go? SoCal was crazy, bro. Um, that's one of my favorite events I've ever done, um, which is crazy because Rachel was not with me, which I've said on the previous, you know, conversation that I really don't like traveling without Rachel, but the team was just so locked in and the anointing was so strong in that place. <laughs> um, about, there was about 1500 students, 800 of them were Hispanic and the Hispanic community is like very hungry for God and incredible awesome. worshipers. So they were hype, bro. They were so nice. hype. And uh, the last night, this wasn't on the live stream, but we shouted for like, like in a flat for like an oh. hour straight after the live stream. And I was like, you know, to God be the glory, you know, all the things. Yeah. And we went through all that, everything. Oh. And an hour later, I'm like, praise God. I love you guys. Give God some praise, you know, go home, change the world, you know? <laughs> and, um, we stopped singing, went down, and you heard like 1,500 students like, hey, Seuss, hey, Seuss, hey, Seuss. Wow. And they just start, they just keep worshiping. Oh. And so the band goes back up there, and they shout for like another 30 minutes, oh and everybody's gosh. just running in circles around the um, wow. convention center. So it was cool, bro. SoCal was crazy. A lot of cool stories, but definitely their passion for God and their heart for worship was very beautiful there in that, that district. That's amazing. That is awesome. And you had obviously a fellow artist who preached, which was Frankie Taylor. Yes. Um, who is an amazing, it. amazing songwriter, amazing preacher. Um, mm -hmm. But he is not the only artist 
in our organization, and I think you know what I'm getting to. Who is your favorite apostolic artist right now? No, don't do this. Don't do <laughs> I this have to. to. Me. I have to. <laughs> I have to know. Don't do it, bro. I have to. There's so many good ones right now. It's so tough. Oh, I, my, I'll, I'll say mine. Um, it's all of them because there's like there's it's hard. It's like no way to choose. It's oh. so hard. It is there so hard really is no way to choose. Yeah, there's no way to choose. Um, I will say. <sighs> well, we'll say it we'll comes say this. to just. Well, what's what's a song that's been on repeat recently? We'll we'll do that. That's a bit easier. Yahweh. Yahweh by Frankie. So that's okay. a problem because we just to, said Frankie. Yeah. That, okay. Let's let's go back to the other yeah. question. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let me say this real quick. So Brittany Scott is one of Rachel and I's favorite people mm-hmm. on the planet. And so anything that she releases, we just absolutely love it. She has a really unique sound. Yeah. Um her songs translate really well live. When she sings them live, it's like they're even better. So, yeah. um, and she sounds just like the recording. Like when she sings them live, it's like, wow, it literally sounds like you left the lead vocal stem in. So it's, <laughs> she's awesome. An incredible yeah. songwriter. One of our favorite artists. Um, one more shout out here that maybe not everybody would know, but we went on tour last year with, uh, Landry Cantrell mm-hmm. and Landry is a beast he and is. he's from California. And so not everybody in, in the South or, um, on the East coast or, you know, they, they may not know who he is, but the dude's killing it. He's, he's crushing it, has a great mm-hmm. career. And, um, his songwriting bro is insane. He released a song called what he didn't do. And he sang it every night on tour talking about what happens, you know, God is good in what he did, but he's also good in what he didn't do. Like what Mm -hmm. he decided not to do. He's still good in that. And that song crushed me every night. So he, I wanted to mention him because he may not be somebody that everybody would think of, as you know, an ap- a go-to apostolic artist, but right. the dude puts out killer content over yeah. and over and over again, and um, just I there's so many artists I could mention that are just phenomenal, just killing yes. it. But Definitely. I like to um, sometimes call out people that maybe not everybody knows. So yeah, yeah, Landry Cantrell, yeah. definitely go check him out. Um, where oh, he's awesome music bro. he is awesome um songs you know song gravity um mm-hmm. he just released a new song um i can't think of the title right now but definitely go take a listen to it source source yes thank you and he's releasing mm-hmm. more i think hopefully a full album is coming out soon but he's yeah, releasing so. more and more as it goes so definitely go take a listen to that um speaking of battle cry tour uh that's just one of the many events that you have sung at um what what other events have you sung at other than you know nyc battle cry you know man yeah that's uh uh <laughs> you know <laughs> it's been a lot um we yeah. do a lot of um 
we do a lot of conferences, usually usually youth conferences. Um, one of our favorites this last year was um, Midwest Youth Convention. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a lot of holiday youth conventions. Um, we don't do a lot of camps because I'm the Georgia District Youth Secretary, so I'm like here. I'm not going anywhere when camps are going on, you know, GDYM. Uh, represent. I, I got to be in the home state during camp. So yeah. we usually have to decline camps for for the most part. We've been able to do a, a few of them, but for the most part, we don't get to do a lot of youth camps outside of Georgia. Um, but yeah, a, um, general conference, um, we've done that quite a few times. Um, we did that one year at NAYC. The tour took us to a lot of different states. I think it was like a six state tour which was really fun um but man if i started listing the churches it's just it's it's been (laughs) a lot god's been really faithful and we love all of it man like if we get to go to a big church we love that if we go to a little church like we absolutely love that there's this special dynamic to to every church that we go to and you get to connect in a different way everywhere that that we go um one thing that was really cool that God started doing last in the last couple of years is we got to do a lot of fall retreats, which we really love fall retreats. Yeah. And that's kind of a, you know, I'm a youth pastor, so I love those kind <laughs> of intimate settings where you get to teach and get around the fire and, you know, cook marshmallows and talk about Jesus. I love stuff like that. <laughs> and so, you know, we get to do a lot of events and, uh, and I say that with, you know, Anytime that we stand on a platform, uh, whether big or small, it's um, it's really a, a high privilege. And usually Rachel and I are looking at each other going, what in the world are we doing here? How did we get here? You know, and um, he's just been, God's just been good. He's just been faithful. And uh, I think that if, if we ever think, realized why we were there or if we ever thought we'd earned it he'd probably stop doing it i think he would close those doors uh Mm. in a heartbeat and so um man we're just grateful to get to do what we do and um we usually feel highly unqualified for most of the events that we do um most events that we go into we're nervous you know trying to make sure we're prepared. And then there's a confidence that comes from God when, when the anointing starts to flow. So, um, that's just kind of how we operate and we try to always be prepared and, and, uh, we love doing it, man. So we always trying to balance. It's one thing I'm going to be talking about on my podcast this year is balancing travel, uh, with local ministry because our local ministry is very important to us. So we're always, you know, I'm a youth pastor and a music director, you know, at my church, I'm on staff at my church. So I'm always trying to balance that. And so thankfully I have a pastor that is so gracious that allows us to travel. And I'll just slip this in here. If anybody's listening that has the desire to travel, it should always be under the blessing of your pastor. Never accept anything that your pastor has not approved you to go do. And when right. you step out of submission, you step out of the anointing. So um, the, the oil the oil flows from the head down. So 
um, make sure you stay in that flow and uh, God will do it. And so Absolutely. we love it, man. We feel very privileged to get to do yeah. what we do. That's awesome. Well, we're getting down to the final questions, final ones. Come on, somebody. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> this has been an amazing, amazing experience uh, oh, for it's us. Been fun, man. Um, it's been two parts, but for us, it's been longer than what we expected. But this has been an incredible, incredible um, podcast interview, an incredible moment. Um, the Holy Ghost is in the room. Really feel it. Um, yeah. I want to go into this question um, about worship leading. There's those moments of, um, I'm going to give an example. Last year, Teen Camp 2022, Brian Pound, um, incredible mm-hmm. worship leader. Um, man, I just I feel it right now. Um, there was a moment Tuesday night, I believe, where the Lord just moved rapidly yeah. through the through the mm-hmm. worship service and it was just an amazing experience. The singers went down, musicians went down, and there was no preaching, just an amazing flow of the spirit. So my question is, how do you flow during those moments of worship as a worship leader? How do you get to the yeah. next point? How do you get to the next song? Is sure. there a certain way you you prepare for it if it happens? What is the way of flowing in those moments of worship? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I one of the greatest compliments I ever received and and you have to be careful with compliments and just like gum, chew them, chew them and then just spit them right out. Don't ingest them cuz you know. <laughs> but <laughs> but one thing that that I that meant a lot to me one time, we were doing an event in Indiana for Global Missions and somebody came up to me and we had sang um goodness of God. And we had sang tell the world. And at the end of tell the world, we went into, um, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, the, the Holy ghost just started moving. And it was like, it was like that moment at camp you're talking about where God just moves in and you're trying to find where to go. I would say that, uh, one of the most important things is not moving past those moments too fast. And that's where people have to be careful because that's where you have to bring it all down to the source of what are we doing here? Are we trying to have a move of God or are we trying to get through the schedule? There are different things, you know, and God is very much in structure and I understand all that, but sometimes God breaks us out of the, the schedule. And so yeah. they, somebody came up to me afterwards and said, because there was a lot of like long moments of just worship where mm-hmm. I wasn't in the mic and Rachel wasn't in the mic and just people praying. You could just hear them pray. You could hear intercession. You could hear tongues. You could hear the presence of God. And somebody came up to me and said, I really like how you let the song breathe and you just let God do what he wanted to do. And I love that word breathe because the word spirit or um, pneuma, the the breath of God, the spirit of God, um, it goes back to the breath of God. And so I'm like, how cool is that? That sometimes we just have to let the spirit of God move and not move too fast. I think 
one of the biggest mistakes that worship leaders make is when God starts to move, they feel like they have to be all in the mic all the time. And I think that that, I think insecurity can do that, where you feel like if, if the room's quiet, something's wrong. Or if, you know, if, if somebody's not screaming, something's wrong. And it, it takes kind of a confidence from God. It's a holy confidence that comes from him where you can say, let's lift our hands. And you just let that mic move away. And you do what you want them to do. You want them to lift their hands, so you lift your hands. You want them to dance, so you begin to dance. And so a lot of times we flow by by doing but what what we feel in the spirit we're just trying to implement that by saying i'm not going to ask you to do anything i won't do mm. this is what you know nobody will follow you you can't take somebody somewhere you haven't been you yeah you have to you have to be willing to go there with them right. and some some worship leaders want to lead people past where they've been and they don't they get upset because they feel like people aren't responding when really they're just stunted by how far you're willing to go. Yeah. And I think that you have to be willing to just say God do what you want to do and flow. And it's important in those moments to to close your eyes to um to to pray in intercession and let God begin to speak in ways that you can't and begin to ministers in ways that you can't. And you have to, you have to have a relationship with him outside of the pulpit where you can trust him. It's Mm -hmm. like my friend, you know, this is my best friend, right? Dylan's my friend. He has my back because I talk to him and he talks to me. I love him and he loves me. But if I never talked to you and I had no relationship with you, then I wouldn't be looking for you when the war starts. Right. When the war of the spirit starts in a service, you have to have a relationship with God where you know he has your back. Mm-hmm. I can call on him and he'll be here. He'll be here to move and minister. And because I spoke to him today and because I took time for him to speak to me today, I can relay what he's been saying. Hmm. And I think that if we lean on human ability, we'll always fall short. But if we lean on him, he'll, he'll take us so much farther than we ever would expect in that service. And I, I love it, man. Some of my favorite moments in the whole world are when leading worship. I just absolutely love stepping back and seeing what God wants to do. Wow. Absolutely amazing. For Nathan, we're down to the final question. And thank you the so, so much. The final question for $1 million. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but thank you so much for being on here. Um, really does mean a lot to me that you would um, say yes, uh, such an amazing host of your own podcast to come on this little podcast, such a, 
such a high honor and i really appreciate oh, this it this is my honor man <laughs> so final question if you could give um one piece of advice that you could give yourself back in your younger days what advice would that be yeah man you would think i would know the answer to this because <laughs> i've asked other people this question and then yeah you realize that you're asking people a question that maybe you don't know the answer to yourself yeah. but um I would say if I could go back to my younger self, the if I looked back and I saw the one thing I was struggling with, and I'm being really transparent here, I hope this is okay, but I want to help somebody. Yes, sir. I did an event one time when I was um, 20 years old, and it was right around when social media was getting you know really prominent. Um, 19, 20 years old, and uh, I I preached at it, sang a little bit, whatever, and, and I went to the Facebook page. This was before Instagram was really cool. And I went <laughs> to the Facebook page, and I saw the, the post. I saw the pictures. Now, please hear my heartbeat. I'm trying to help somebody here. Mm -hmm. I saw the post of that service and there was a bunch of photos and I started flipping through those photos, scrolling through those photos. And I was looking for me, mm. man, I feel the Holy ghost right now. Come on. I was looking for me in those pictures. And as I, man, I want to cry right now thinking about it as I'm looking through them, I can't find one picture of me. And I'm like, how is that? I preached that night. I sang that night. How is there not a picture of me? And God spoke to me and said, if you're looking for yourself, you'll never find him. Wow. And I remember God speaking that to me. And he began to convict me. And I struggled when I was younger with wanting to be seen. I wanted to be seen. And I went through a season after that where a, a lot of the opportunities that Rachel and I are known for didn't come until later in life because God knew I couldn't handle it back then. Hmm. I couldn't steward what he wanted to give me because wow. I was looking for me instead of him. Wow. And so, man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Hmm. That is what this generation struggles with, to be yeah. seen, to be known. They did a survey that, if you could have a million dollars or a million followers, which would you rather have? And this generation said a million followers. I'd rather have a million followers than a million dollars because fame is the currency of Generation Z. Mm. They want to be seen. They want to be known. And 
God wants to use you, but he can't use you if you're looking for yourself. He's got he's to work that out of you. And there's some platforms that you'll never stand on until you stop looking for you on that platform. There's some places you'll never go if you're looking for you. And so you have to just push that desire out. That's a fleshly desire. That's not of God. Ministry is all about other people. It's all about serving other people. It's never about you. And so I had it backwards. And when when Rachel and I started getting some of these opportunities, I was like, wow, God, I, I can't believe what you're doing. What am I doing here? And when I said, what am I doing here? God spoke to me and said, that's why you're here. The moment you stopped looking for you, you found it. Mm. And I just want to encourage somebody today that God wants to use you, but he wants to use you in things that will never be posted on Instagram. He wants to anoint you but he wants to do it in a secret place where nobody's watching and there'd be no affirmation from anybody else. And then when you get up, he's got you. You can trust in him. You can lean on him because this has never been about me. When I release a song, when Rachel and I release a song, it's not about us. It's about him. It's about his message. It's about his glory. It's about his story and what he wants to say. And so I want to encourage that to, to the real story behind the ministry is to push self to the side so that you can see him. There was a, a story of uh, a, a little girl who had a hard time going to sleep And she went into her mom's room and said, Mommy, can I sleep in here with you? And there was a picture of Jesus behind the bed. It was a depiction of Jesus. And on the other side of the bed across the room was a mirror. And she stood up and she looked in that mirror to see that picture on the other side of the room in the reflection. And she said, Mommy, every time I see me in the mirror, I can't see him. I block him, but when I get out of the way, I can see him. Mommy, I can see him. And so many times we can't see Jesus because we won't get out of the way, and we want to see us. And as long as we're looking for us, we won't see him. And so God is raising up a generation. These, These powerful men and women of God who are changing the world are not looking for fame. They are not looking for affirmation from people. They are chasing affirmation from God. And that's why God is using them to change the world. Dylan, God has great things for your life, man. He's got a great future for you. It's people that are your age that will be the future leaders of my kids. And he needs your generation to push themselves out of the mirror 
so that people can can see Jesus. And God's doing it. It's He can do it. Even with the Instagram culture, God can do it. He's just looking for people that will say, hey, I can see him, and I'd rather see him than me. And I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you for doing this podcast. And thank you for having me on the show, man. I love you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Wow. I I pray that that encouraged somebody today because that encouraged me so much. Um, wow. What an incredible word. Incredible. Very noteworthy. And no pun intended because that is <laughs> yes. such, such an amazing, amazing word. Brother Nathan, man, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I love you I love so you, much. Um, I'm proud of you. I was wondering if you could end us in prayer. I'd be honored to, man. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you today, and we thank you so much for your spirit we feel in this room right now. God, I pray that you would help every listener, everybody that's tuned into this Behind the Ministry podcast, that you would bless them. I pray that your spirit and that your word would begin to flow through them. God, I want to pray that you would encourage every listener, that you would strengthen them and give them courage to be apostolic in everything that they do. God, help us look past, Lord, the highlight reels so that we can see what ministry really is and help us, God, to step out of the way, to step out of the mirror so that people can see you and we'll be sure to give you all the glory. I pray you'd bless Dylan today. I pray your hand of God, uh, I pray your hand on his ministry for your anointing God to flow through his ministry and through his life. Help him to be an empty vessel, God, that you can always fill and always use for your glory. Help this generation that's rising up, an, an army that's called by you. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Nathan. Thank you so much. I love you, man. I love you too.